boys, welcome the hell back. Episode 118 of the Booth Review Podcast. Feels like it's been a while. We recorded about a month ago, impromptu, me, Carp Lynch, just randomly recorded an episode about Jack nothing. It had nothing to do with anything. Um, but it's been a long time since we've recorded something of substance. Um, and there's reasons. Mostly we've just been busy. And um, but we've still been like pumping out content and we've still been doing content behind the scenes, i.e. the pick'em. We still do that. Um, so the NFL season has come to a close. We're gonna be wrapping up everything NFL regular season, moving into the postseason, which Super Wildcard Weekend just happened this past weekend, and just updates on you know everything. Get some good talk with some good people. And one of those good people here with me, Seth. How's it going? I'm good. It's 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 been a while. I mean, it it was weird, honestly, to not have the the regular podcast throughout the uh, um you know throughout the regular season. Obviously, both of us were pretty busy throughout the uh, throughout the fall semester, so it was a little bit uh, a little bit difficult. Um, but yeah, things have been good. I've uh, God, I mean, a lot's happened since the last time we did a podcast. I started doing the TV broadcasts at BU for the women's basketball games, so I guess that's like that's new. I guess You're a lot on of ESPN. Were, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am on. Uh, I'm on ESPN pretty regularly now. I've got like, well. We, we, we've got like six regular season games left, six or seven. Um, and then, you know, at most, it, it, if they make it to the championship game, well, really, it doesn't matter if they make it to the championship game. It, as far as TV goes, I've got two potential playoff games. Yep. Um, unless they really shit the bed for the rest of the year, in which case it'd be possible to have three. Um, but then championship would be audio only. We wouldn't do TV for that because CBS gets that game. Um, so, but yeah, it's it's been really cool. It's it's it, it's different, right? Because you go from you know the last three years I've been doing radio broadcasts where mm-hmm. it's very much like you have to paint the picture of what's going on. But then with TV, obviously, it's implied by the fact that you're watching TV, right? People can actually see what's going on. So like, yeah. you still add like. You know, you act as though the person watching the broadcast doesn't know what teams they're watching, right? So you're saying who, you know, what player has the ball, and you still narrate in a way to kind of like add substance to it, but it's different, right? Like you're not saying exactly every single thing, which I kind of like because it's, you know, I don't have to constantly be like worrying about do people understand what I'm saying? Right. Because like right. the way I envision my broadcast, if I'm doing a radio broadcast, I imagine I'm standing at half court and the play is happening in front of me. So like I'll say, you know. Harper gets it on the right wing. And when I say right wing, the wing is kind of that area between like if you were to draw a line directly down the middle of a court for people who don't you know, know basketball, if you draw a line directly down the middle of the court um, on the short side. Right. And basically, if you were to take that line and starting from there at the top to the sides, essentially, if you were to draw a line extended from the free throw line, Mm -hmm. that kind of section of the three point line out there where it's curved on the sides, that's the wing. Right. So, like, if you know basketball and you hear someone say, 
so-and-so gets it on the wing, then like, you'll understand what they're saying. But if you don't know basketball, like there's no good way to say like the specific spot of the three point line. And there's no way for them to know. So that's TV is a lot nicer in that sense. And I also yeah. get paid to do the TV as opposed to free radio. So that's nice. Yeah. It's, it ain't bad. It's like 50 bucks a game. So it ain't significant, but you know, it's, uh, it's, it's not the worst. So it's pretty good too. We, we were watching one of the broadcasts before Bruins game. Um, we were watching, you were on the call. My first on the one. Plus. Yeah. And we were watching, um, before we popped over to the game and it was, it was good. Yeah. I'm not like a women's basketball guy, but, but like the commentary is good. It's funny because there are a lot of like our women's basketball games. Granted, they're having an unreal year this year. They started off six and zero in the Patriot League. If they win tomorrow, um, which is a home game at six p.m., so I'll be doing that. Um, if they win tomorrow, it's their best ever start in the Patriot League. Really? Right, so they're having an unreal start to the season. This is a team that you know. It's really them and Holy Cross at the top. Whoever can win the head-to-head between the two of them is going to end up being the number one seed in the um, Patriot League tournament, barring any craziness towards the end of conference play. But our women's team, even last year, you know, they I think they were like the three seed when it came to the tournament. But you know, they their games are just as entertaining as the men's game the only like the the difference is that our women's game is a lot more technical but it's funny because now the the games are very similar because the men are i mean the men are not having a great season right now they're below 500 and they're struggling a little bit in league play but last year they had these two guys, so they had Suk Matone, who was a big man, and then they had Javante McCoy, who was a guard. And basically, it was just the two of them. It was like Shaq and Kobe, right? Like, really? imagine that type of an offense where it's like literally they accounted for 67% of the offense last year. Like, the wow. total points scored by BU men's basketball last year 67%, just two guys, right? And both of those guys graduated. They were like sixth year players with the extra COVID year, right? So, yeah. Now it's a very much more well-rounded team, which is what the women have been for the past three years. Whereas like now the women, they have this star player who's a center who they run a lot of their offense through, but like there, there's no one player that like really dominates each game, game in game out. Like they always have someone who's able to step up. And so it's, it's really entertaining basketball because it's a lot more fun than, you know, just watching one player go to work every single night. So it's uh it's, it's really, it's high quality basketball. They're really strong basketball players. Um, they're the coach is really intelligent. It's, it's interesting. We get to talk to her before every game. Um, so it's it's cool to get to kind of like hear her insights of what's going on and like every once in a while validate my own thoughts where it was like yeah. specifically today right like they um they get pressed a lot like full court press so that's when you inbound mm-hmm. the ball after the other team makes basket and they're playing defense on you the second that you try to pass the ball in and so the other teams have been doing that a lot to be you because they like to play fast and I asked the question of you know, why don't you guys press as much? And in my brain, I'm thinking, well, they play a lot of zone and 
if you ever played any basketball at all, you know that it is the worst when your coach says, all right, we're doing a full court press and we're coming back into his own. Yeah. It's just, it's difficult the way things work. It's just, it's hard to get back into the right spots and someone's always not where they need to be. And you always give up the basket. Right. And then she goes, well, yeah, I mean, we would love to press, but we've been forced into the zone so many times that it's really hard to do it. And I was like, I know that. I thought that <laughs> in my brain. So it's like, it's cool. I don't know. It's, it's a fun job. And like for someone who played basketball for a good chunk of time, like it's, 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 it's fun. It's a lot of fun. That is cool. That sounds cool. Yeah. I mean, while all of that's been going on, it's like, that's not the main reason why we haven't been doing podcasting you i'd say you and i have both equally been as busy like i moved from north carolina to boston and have you know done the whole we've talked about this on podcast before i won't bore everybody but um but yeah a lot's been going on like you said it's been weird to not have podcasts especially because this nfl season has been really entertaining and a really good one and we've been talking about it intermittently and we're still doing pick them so it's like content but like we haven't been able to like voice our kind of opinions on the season to you guys. So I'm excited that we're going to get to do that today. Um, and yeah, What's the, this, do you have the current records in front of you? Right I now? do. Yeah. So something Let's I'm really proud of through yeah. wildcard weekend. Something I had I'm a very wildcard weekend. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, so for the first time ever, the way that I thought would be best to do the pick and it was kind of, a blessing in disguise that we weren't doing like podcasts every week where I had to put out graphics each week for Pick'em was I just ran this thing on, on Google sheets. Um, and so I have them all printed out in front of me. So I'll put my microphone down. So, so at least you can see it's a big stack of 20 papers each week. I've been keeping tallies on all of our Pick'ems. So I have everything up until week 18 and my building doesn't have a printer. So I couldn't print the wildcard weekend one, but it's been made. Um, so the through 18 weeks of the NFL season, let's take a gander. We can have all the fun we want going week by week and seeing what our best weeks were and our worst weeks were. But at the end of the day, everybody wants to know what the final records were. We both had very good seasons. Very good. Um, started off shaky and we rebounded. Yeah, I was going to say, nice which thing. I was just going to make the comment. I was like, which is nice to hear after the way that the <laughs> season started. I think, I, I think week one, I got like maybe two or three, right? Like it was bad. Week one, you were actually eight, seven and one in week. Really? One. I can tell you your record every single week if you need it. Um, <laughs> I don't think I cracked 500 until I can check until week five. I hadn't cracked 500 until week five. But then I kind of went on a bit of a tear. So 269 regular season NFL games were played. Obviously, one was canceled. So we're just discounting that one because we had picks, but the game was never played. So uh, we're not going to count it as a tie. We're not going to count it as a loss. That game is just washed from our pick and schedule. 269 games. Seth, your record, 151, 116, and two. I will take it. I will take it. That is well above 500. Very well above 500. And my record for the first time in three years, Ah. having succeeded at winning Pick'em, 160, 107 and two. Okay, so in theory, if you manage to get every game wrong this week and I get the Super Bowl right and you get it wrong and also the conference championships, then I could win. You're still alive, but I also (laughs) think that's 
wildcard weekend also happened and i think i may you have extended my lead weekend. yeah you yeah so those are the regular season standings was i was up by nine games but i mean if you go through week by week i didn't have a lead until like i said week five and then i didn't let go of the lead right i reached a hundred wins in 12 weeks that ain't bad no we like we both had really good seasons pick them wise and and we can go through probably once it's all said and done it would be fun to go through because we i have each individual game and what happened on here mm. and you can see there's somewhere it's like oh this team should have beaten this you know there, there was a lot of kind of upsets throughout this nfl season um but i think that that's a major success for both of us to be have 150 at least 150 wins in a 269 game season also keeping in mind that we've been doing more games right because that's right we've never done thursday and monday before right so we we, we've got an extra we predicted every single nfl game that happened in the 2022 season yeah it used to just be sunday pick them and this year was the first year with that so that's uh yeah that's interesting i mean at least it was kind of close like it 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 would stink if it wasn't like the thing is it was close like right down to the wire too. week 17 i was leading by three going into week 17 i was only up by three games and then that i had a really good week and that was the week that the bills game got canceled i would have i got 12 wins that week um i was 12 and three the week before that i was 11 and five like i had a lot of double digit win weeks in a row Took some gambles too, which paid off. Like I remember around Christmas time, there were some games that I felt because I had a like a couple game cushion that I could take some chances on. Um, and the the underdog ended up winning the the one that I picked. So that helped me out a lot. Um, but I kind of liked I didn't like I knew what the records were because I was the one who was keeping them, but I kind of liked that it wasn't like a running standing that we both kind of knew. It was like you would send me we would both send each other our picks like at the, at the same time, like Sunday morning or, or you know Thursday before the Thursday night football and whenever it was. And that would kind of be it. We'd talk about the games, but I would never say, all right, you got this. You know, obviously there was a way of finding out, but I like that we kind of kept it um, on the back burner so that we could just focus on like picking who we thought was going to win the game. And I think that's reflected in our standing and our scores is like we both got more than 150 wins and probably over the course of the season, if like two or three games go, go differently each week, that's like realistically 30 more wins, you know, because of 18 weeks of football, like if one or two games were like, there are some weeks where it's like the heavy favorite lost or, you know, maybe took a gamble on a team here and there. Like we're talking about, you know, just shy of 200 wins. And I know it's like, cheesy to say when we're still 50 and 40 away but like realistically that's only two games differently each week so i'll take that i think we had a really good week we'll get into all the wild card weekend and the regular season stuff but just to just to pat on our backs we had a very good uh year of pick'em and we'll continue to have a good playoff of pick'em reminded that the playoffs still count towards the standing so this is not over yet those are just our regular season we'll say i won the president's trophy um for right, really on the pick them at this point because i think you're up by like six 
And so you would have to, we would have to pick different winners for every single game and yours would have to be wrong. Right. Right. Yeah. Realistically, it's, I think at the season at large, it's more than likely that I'll probably come away with the win, especially because we're probably going to agree on most of the games here on out. I would be shocked if we disagree until. I I think we might have one. We might have coming week this week. I think we'll be. Yeah, we might have one this week and then but I think conference championship, depending on who wins, though, I guess like. I think if it's Bill's Chiefs, I think we might disagree. I don't know that we're going to both pick the same team for that. I'm like, I don't know who I would pick at that. No, I think. Yeah, I think we may disagree on a couple more games down the stretch. But um, I mean, like you could win the playoff one just looking at playoffs and I could win the regular season, but still win the whole thing. But, you know, either or it was an exciting year of pick them. We'll dive into we'll dive into it all. I would just like to briefly mention that I forgot to mention at the beginning of the episode before we get into the whole NFL thing is talking about other content. We're kind of TikTok famous now. <laughs> I know. Craziness. Absolutely I was recognized thing. today for the you first time. Recognized. I, How about yep, that? Walking um, in Boston and this kid saw me. He goes, you're the hockey TikTok kid. I was like, yeah, <laughs> crazy. That's it's crazy. so cool. Yeah, and it's still weird to wrap my head around because it's not anything that we've ever done before. It was a random idea that I just had. If you don't know what we're talking about, just go look at our TikTok. I started doing NHL challenge videos, like trying to get as many goals or points or, or whatever it may be, because I saw this guy do them for the NFL and I was sitting there like, I think I could a I don't want to like throw shade because he actually ended up following us and you know we, I messaged back and forth he's a nice guy um but I was sitting there thinking like hey I think I could do this better than he is just football wise given my my knowledge of football but I was like no one's done this for hockey yet and I've been watching hockey my whole life and I love hockey and it's in full swing right now the NHL season um and so I just decided to record the video had no expectations for what was going to happen I figured it might do like well but again relatively speaking well for us two weeks ago it was like a thousand views um and the video blew up instantly it was like i just couldn't stop sitting there watching it so many comments coming in so many likes follows all of that the video now is sitting at like seven hundred fifty thousand views i've done i think six or seven videos since then and they all have north of at least ten thousand views there's a couple 200,000. There's like an 175,000, a couple 50,000s, 80,000s. So the reception's been incredible. Um, and I don't mean this to sound like arrogant, but I do. I can now empathize with like celebrity life a little bit. And I don't mean to say like, I think I'm a celebrity, but the whole double-edged sword of like attention and success when it comes to like social media I'm starting to get a little bit of a taste of that because for four years at TBR, all we've wanted is like for people to follow us and people to like our stuff and and people to listen to our podcast and watch our videos. And like, thankfully they do. And we've seen steady growth each year. It's not like we've just been sitting in the basement waiting for something to happen. But, you know, as Michael and I have been doing more TikToks together, I kept saying to him, like, well, I'm just waiting for that one. I'm waiting for that one to just blow up. Like, that's what we need. And you know, there came a period there's, you know, you go through times where it's like things are going really well and things aren't in terms of, you know, your viewership and followership and all of that. And I just kept saying to Mike, like, I want it so bad. Like, I just want one. Just give me one. And of course, like, I randomly get it when I didn't even like 
try to get it. It was just like a random video that I got 700,000. We're like, we're probably going to hit 10,000 followers by the time we get off this podcast. We're like 100 yeah. away. Um, and as soon as it came in, like I loved it. But at the same time, I can't deal with some of the comments. <laughs> like, oh like, my God, dude. Yeah, I was just <laughs> looking. So it's funny because I was looking at it because the NHL TikTok obviously took it and reposted it with our permission. Right. And, and that was so fucking cool too. We yeah. didn't talk about that. We were on the NHL's TikTok. Yeah. Like so, phenomenal. Like, that was so cool. But then like, obviously I said, like I saw the videos, right? And so like I watched the videos and I'm thinking to myself like, oh, I never would have thought of that guy. And then there were other spots where it was like, oh, I would have picked him, right? Like um, Columbus. Right. I think you picked Cam Atkinson a couple of times. And in my brain, I'm like Marion Gabrick. Right. Right. My introduction to hockey was like NHL 11 and Marion Gabrick was a 90 overall and would <laughs> dominate in that game. I just remember I remember being like 12 years old and having that game and just always I would do a Bruins career mode or franchise mode, whatever it was. And I would always trade for Marion Gabrick because he was <laughs> Um, and it's like, you know, for me in my brain, I'm like, yeah, I would take him, but then you like scroll through the comments and people are like Eichel and like, like, why is he picking Eichel? He could have picked like all these guys on Buffalo. And like, some people were like, this guy's, I was like, okay, fine. You go and do it. Like he just, yeah. well, some people get so like pissed about it. First of all, the Jack Eichel thing, I get that was fucking dumb pick, but what people don't understand is it's like the comments expect me to have the all-time franchise leaders in front of me and then pick one that I like. It's like, I literally put the phone here and I press record with the filter on. I have to stop. When we do 20 players, I have to stop the video. I've tried to do it in one take. There's not enough time for me to do it and write all of them down. Because TikTok gives you a three-minute timer, which I never knew before making these videos. Um, So I've tried, uh, you know, it takes a couple times. Like the first time I did 20 players, I had to keep stopping it because... I would pick like 16 players and think it was 20, you know, because I was just trying to keep track in my head. So I had to start writing them down and then I'd write, take the time to write them down. And I could only pick like 11 before the video ran out of time. So I just do five, 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 five. Like that's the quickest way to do it. And actually, I'm surprised no one's actually called me out for cheating yet, which I'm glad they haven't. I've seen there's one person who said something about me, like Googling the leaderboards, right? And it's like, I don't Google the leaderboards. Even when I go to um, tally up the final scores, I don't look up like all-time goals leaders. I just look up the player and I go to their hockey DB and I look at their career points. I don't, because I don't want to cheat in doing this. Because, you know, at the end of the day, like it kind of sucks when I get it right. Because it's like, oh, that's over. You know, it's like, I want people to come back for more. So I'm trying to like make them like, almost not doable just so people get upset but and now it's like now that i'm used to like each video getting 500 comments it's like fine i don't read all of them but the first couple videos it was frustrating to see people like oh you know nothing about hockey it's like some account with two followers like all right you put a camera in front of yourself with a three minute timer and like if you forget one name like that's what happened to me with buffalo you know i was like oh my god i can't think of any sabers players at all i don't know why like names of players who never played for the Sabres were popping into my mind. And I was like, Mike Bossy is like never played for the Sabres. I was like, Oh shit. Like I'm screwed right now. So I had to pick Eichel. Like I knew he wasn't the leader. I'm sitting here thinking right now. And I don't know that I could really name Buffalo players. Like was, I don't even know how to pronounce it, but it's like sour Chuck S A W E R. Did he play for the Sabres? 
I have, I have no idea. The only reason why I've been like, getting better is because I read the comments and that's what th this comment was like, Oh, you're, you're like looking up the leaderboards before you do. It's like, I don't, but like people give me suggestions in the comments. So if you look like I've gotten better at it because I read the comments. So people are like, Oh, keep in mind that Alex McGillney has, you know, or Pat LaFontaine for the Sabres. So the next time I picked them, I was like, obviously I'm not going to pick. Like, well, I had the Scott Stevens blunder in one of them. And people were like, take Dave Anderchuk. I take him like every time, take Yager play for the devils. Like, so that's where my knowledge is like getting better. And it's like, I, people think that the comment that really pissed me off was the young thing. Like you can tell you're young, you know? Like people think I'm like 15. I get it. I look it, but I'm like turning 21 soon. And I've been watching the NHL my whole life. Like my first NHL game was in like 2004. I was two. Like I remember going. So like it bothered me seeing like, oh, like he's just young guys. Like he doesn't know these players. It's like I didn't not know who these players were. Obviously, some of some of the players that people are commenting, it's like, huh, that's a random name um, yeah, like that I've never heard. But, you know. Yari Curry. Of course I knew who Yari Curry oh, was. Yeah, Mark everyone knew yeah, like, Right. It's like, I know these players. It's just, it's hard to, you know, if I told you, hey, but you have 10 like, seconds to name 10 players, like, not everyone's going to come to mind. I'm not like a walking encyclopedia. Wasn't Curry a career at Euler anyway? So, like, who in their right mind's taking him? He like, actually, I learned that he wasn't. I saw a comment today that says he played for a bunch of other teams, but I oh, didn't know that. Yeah, because for me, if I, I would never think of, like, the only team I would think of for Yari Curry would be the Oilers. But then if I get the Oilers, I'm thinking of Messier or Gretzky before I think about Curry. Same. Yeah. And like, you know, defenseman Paul Koff. The other thing is people have now that like I'm doing the weirder challenges like yesterday I did. I have to take all 10 forwards first and then all 10 defensemen. Before that, I did forwards and D. Um, but I, you know, I could alternate back and forth. And a lot of people when the Penguins came up were like, you fucking dumbass. Mario Lemieux has more than Paul Coffey. It's like, yes, he does. But the strategy is that I have to not only get 10 forwards, but 10 defensemen. Paul Coffey's the second highest scoring defenseman. Why wouldn't I take the second highest scoring defenseman when I get the chance? Like, I understand that Lemieux has more, but it's 10 forwards, 10 D. Like, people just don't understand the strategy. They think that, like, they think I should just take the all-time points leader for every team. It's like, well, some players played for more than one, like Yager. If I got Yager for Pittsburgh, that would kind of not be stupid because he is like the all-time points leader, but it's like he played for almost every team in the NHL. Like you can right. save him for later, but people don't understand that, but it's fine. I've learned that it's also like a bunch of 12-year-olds that just like want to get pissed off. And it's it's it hasn't bothered me as much because like we're getting a lot of love. It'd suck if it was like, a thousand views and like 30 comments that all say that like I fucking know nothing but it's like now the good's outweighing the bad it's like I'm getting a hundred thousand views and like 20 comments that say you know I fucking suck and the rest of them are like I like the people chime in with what they should have what they would have done like you said like watching the Columbus thing like oh Marion Gabber like obviously over Cam Atkinson like commenting that I like seeing that because it's also helpful to me right like, I'll be like oh you're right yeah I should have taken him like what am I doing um, so I, I like those comments, but it definitely is a double-edged sword to like, you know, put yourself out there and like do these types of things. Like you're going to get backlash for it, but I don't know. I'm having, a, I'm having a blast doing them and it's, it's a good look for the, for the brand and for the company and you know, the NHL, like the fucking NHL reached out and like DM'd us. So like, right. That was cool. And like a bunch of other big accounts with like hundreds of thousands of followers have duetted the videos and like tagged us and like given us credit. So 
it's awesome. And I, honestly, I think that we can take this and just run with it and, you know, incorporate the other shit that we've been doing, like podcasts and drafts and, and pickums and all of that to this new audience that we have. And if you're one of those new audience members, one of the 10,000 people that just followed us, welcome. This is this is TBR Sports Unhinged on our podcast. So yeah. we're really <laughs> going to start doing like a like a run of show or something to like. Yeah, because <laughs> like, obviously, we know like what we're talking about. Like, we didn't just show up to this and be like, all right, we're just going to randomly spew things. But like at the same time, like we've been going for a half an hour. And I know. We talked about what we planned on talking. About. Yeah, let's 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 fucking hop into the pick. I just wanted to say I, I don't know, gratitude for the TikTok thing because it's fucking awesome. It's been at the front of my like, mind. Also, it's been a month since, like, it's been a long time since you and I have sat down and done a podcast, but it's been a long time since we've done a podcast anyway, so, like, we were going to have a long intro. There was a lot to, like, talk about and update people on. Right, yeah, it's been a long time, Um, but I know that our podcast listeners are here to listen to NFL talk, so that's what we're going to give everybody, and if you're not one of those people or you're new here or you want to hear more about what we've just been talking about, podcasts are going to come back on a regular basis now that we're kind of back into a routine. At least I'm back into a routine. I'm not just, you know, freelancing it unemployed from school. Like, you know, I'm I'm back in Boston, settled in back in school and back yeah. doing content. Now that you're in Boston, we'll, we'll be able to do in-person podcasts as well. Oh, yeah. Instead of yeah. The and we'll rope. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and we'll rope the boys in too as well. So those will, if you're worried about like, oh, they're going to do one podcast and then go away for four months, we're not. We will be back at least at the very minimum next week to talk about the divisional round. But let's talk about Wild Card Weekend. Um, some good games. I, I thought that they were yeah. all pretty good, with the exception of last night was kind of it was kind of iffy. Um, but yeah, we last just run night through was them? <sighs> Like I didn't. It was just annoying because like you wanted that game to be more competitive and like, it's frustrating to watch the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play football because you think about that team and you think about the talent on that team and you're like, they should be so much better, you know, like, and granted, like Brady, I don't think had the greatest game in the world. Like he definitely, there were a lot of throws that I feel like normally Brady would make that he didn't. Um, And so like, it was just kind of like, I don't know, it was a very frustrating game to watch in that sense. Um, just because you're sitting there and you're thinking, like, they should be playing so much better than they actually are. Right. Um, but, I mean, other than that, like, the only game that I don't, that I, there were two games that I wasn't able to watch. And that was the Chargers game and the 49ers game. Didn't miss much with the 49ers game. Jaguars... <laughs> And Chargers game was, I mean, yeah. that game was insane. I don't understand how the Chargers blew that lead. Um, props to the Jaguars. I mean, I, I think I thought they were going to get like two wins this year. I, I, I yeah, I don't think anyone expected this. Yeah. Um, so, like you said, 49ers Seahawks, we don't really have to talk about it. Um, I think the Seahawks at halftime made it look like a closer game than it actually was going to end up being. And 49ers did what they exactly, you know, did what they had to do. Um, won by a couple couple scores. And um I going forward, at least with the 49ers, like I call them legit contenders. I think Brock Purdy's unbelievable. 
if you watch him play. I didn't get to watch the whole game. Um, I caught like the second half in the tail end. Um, but uh, I mean, he, he's on fire. I, like I said to you, Seth, every week I bet on Brock Purdy two plus passing touchdowns and it's hit like eight, nine weeks in a row now, ever since he came in. Um, after that first week that he played, I've been betting on it because someone said that like dating back to like college, he's like a he's a passing touchdown guy. Um, and it, it's been it's been true. It's definitely gonna be interesting to see. And we'll talk about this when we talk about Brady, like what happens after this season. Like if Brock Purdy goes and wins you a Super Bowl, you go back to Trey Lance next year, you go back to Jimmy. Or are you going to be in the market for Tom Brady? Like you're going to have like three viable quarterbacks on your roster, potentially four, because they're like the second favored team to land Brady. Like what's good. What are you going to get rid of the guy that, you know, brought you, won you a Super Bowl, hypothetically, if the 49ers can win the Super Bowl this year or even go to the Super Bowl. You're going to get rid of Jimmy G, who has brought you to a Super Bowl and an NFC championship before in his career. Are you going to stick with Trey Lance? He was a top, you know, draft pick for you and really hasn't, he got hurt. He hasn't been able to showcase his skills. Are you going to go with Tom Brady, a guy who's got seven, you know? So that's going to be an interesting situation to keep an eye on in San Francisco. I genuinely don't know what's going to happen. I think a lot of it depends on what happens in this little playoff run that they're going on. But I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they were in the Super Bowl. you know, like I don't see a team in the NFC that's, that's looked as good as they have. And that includes Philadelphia. That, that includes Dallas. Um, I don't think the yeah. Giants are a threat to anybody I'm, right now. <laughs> I'm really, really looking forward to a potential 49ers-Eagles NFC Championship game. I think that would be really, really entertaining. Um, and I think, like, it'd be cool to see. I don't, I, I think that, like, obviously the 49ers would be the road team, but I feel like they could almost be favored in that matchup. Like, oh, yeah, I, I feel like offensively the teams are at worst comparable, right? Like it's almost even in that sense. I I'm a little bit more confident in the 49ers offense just because they've got weapons. I feel like all around, whereas I think the um, the Eagles offense is a little bit too reliant on Jalen Hurts. Right where it's like Agreed. you need hurts for that run game to work. Obviously, their running backs are not bad running backs, but I feel like the running game just doesn't work nearly as well without him. And then, you know, I I just feel like talent wise, San Francisco has a better offense, but defensively, I like San Francisco's defense better. I like yeah, I'm with you. I like the whole team better. Too. I mean, yeah. I I think the Niners have bigger names when you talk about take right. Brock Purdy out of it. You talk about Christian McCaffrey, you talk about George Kittle, you talk about Debo Samuel. Um, and then you look at the Eagles, and it's like Miles Sanders, um, you know, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, AJ Brown is a big name, but like not the biggest, I would say. He's having an unbelievable year. And like what an acquisition that was to go out and get him um for Philadelphia yeah. because he's made a huge difference. Devonta Smith, like, yeah, I guess so. I I, I think it's he really, hasn't he hasn't fully reached his potential yet. Yeah. I think on paper, when I look at those two teams, I I think San Francisco, they should be favored in that matchup if it yeah. if it comes down to it. I'm gonna say this. I'm not gonna bet against the 49ers until they give me a damning reason to. Yeah. 
because they've looked like the best team in football, in my opinion. I, I, I would place a future bet on them to win the Super Bowl. And I would have done that before the playoffs had started just because of the way they wrapped up the regular season. Um, and I, I still believe after Wild Card Weekend, I know we haven't seen the Eagles play and we haven't seen the Chiefs play in the postseason yet, but I still believe San Francisco is the team to beat coming out of the NFC. Like, like you said, they play the Eagles on the road. I feel like San Francisco should be favored by at least a field goal. That's how yeah. I see it. And I don't think that that would be – I think it would – San Francisco, they've beaten every team they play by two-plus, literally. Right. Even in the wild card round, they played a decent Seattle team, that a divisional opponent that always gives them trouble. It was a close game at halftime, then they end up beating them by you know two-plus scores. So I, I don't see any reason to not back the 49ers moving forward. And you know they did what they had to do. So let's talk about this Chargers and Jags game. Now, this is the one that walking away from this weekend was the headline. The Bruins were playing, and um, I was at the game, checked the score, was with my girlfriend, had her check the score. Um, 24 nothing. I think I saw, Chargers. And I was like, oh, shit. I, I put money on the Jags, and I took them in the pick because the Jags were decent. EV plus money um, heading into that game. Not like, you know, plus 300. They were like plus 115, but like, you yeah. know, lay a decent bet on that. I felt like they were the better team coming into that game. 24 nothing. I'm like, oh my God, this thing's over. And then I kind of put it away, put that game away. Like, all right, Chargers are going to win. I came back after the Bruins game. Huge dub, by the way, against the Maple Leafs Saturday night. Big game, big yeah. win. Um, Came back, walked all of 15 feet from the TD Garden to my apartment, came in, flipped the TV on, and ESPN was on because I had the Niners game on earlier. And it's 27-14. So I was like, huh, that's that's not, you know, a mountain, you know. Right. That They could definitely come back from that. And then as soon as I started watching, it was like, boom, 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 boom. Tie game just like that. Then they take the lead with the field goal. It was it – was, incredible it happened so quickly all of it for the most part in the fourth quarter um and that was a that was an unbelievable win my question would be is that like the chargers being the chargers because that's immediately what i was thinking in the moment or is that like the jags being is that like trevor lawrence being like the guy we saw at clemson and the jags offense finally coming together or is that the chargers being the chargers well so my thing with it is who do you blame more if you're on the Chargers side, right? Like, like, just thinking about the Chargers. Do you blame the offense for not being able to score more than, what, 28 points? Or, or sorry, 30 points? Or do you blame, like, when the defense got them, you know, what was it, four interceptions? Yeah, four or interceptions. Do you blame the defense for giving up 31 points when they also got four interceptions? Right. Like, yeah. I don't know who I like. I think I would blame the offense more. Like if my defense gives me four extra possessions, just like three no score possessions, like all I have to do is get a field goal and we're making ground up on the other team. Like, I I feel like you have to blame the offense there. But like, granted, I didn't watch the game. Right. So all I saw was <laughs> the last drive with Trevor Lawrence score, like, like getting them down the field and hitting the field goal. So like for me, it's just like I like I don't know who you're supposed to play more. I didn't watch it, so it's not like I can sit there and be like, 
oh, the offense did literally everything they could or, oh, the defense made bad plays in situations that they couldn't make bad plays in. So it's like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's odd. I feel bad for the Jaguars because they're just going to get absolutely demolished this week. Like it's not, like there's nothing they can do about I it. I feel, like, I feel, I'd feel worse for the Chargers, honestly. I think the Jaguars might put up a better game for some reason. Well, I, so my I wasn't big on the Chargers coming into the season. And I made that pretty known on yeah. the podcast. <laughs> the reason why I feel bad for the Jaguars is you just put in the what, like fourth, third largest postseason third. comeback in NFL history. Yeah. Um, and your reward is you get to play the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City, who look as good as they have since winning a Super Bowl. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say the same for the Chargers, though. To tell I, you, dog, like, I mean, I get that they didn't have the comeback, but I'd say the same. I'd be like, you just your defense just got four interceptions on like a very solid quarterback, and you got a big postseason win on the road, and now your reward is you got to go into Kansas City. Like, I think that's just you know you're gonna die your death that way anyway, it, regardless of who it was. If it was like the fucking Pats that snuck in there, right, and like somehow ended up you know, being the last place team and playing against um, the, or not the last place team, the fifth place team and playing against the Jags and then going at see Kansas city, you know, like what, whichever way you cut it, like whoever has to go and play Kansas city, you have to feel bad for them. Um, I think the Jags might give them a better game than some people think, but, um, but I agree. I don't know who to blame for the Jaguars or not who to blame, but I guess who either blame or take credit for um, but I, I do know who's not to blame and that's the refs. And this bothered me was the Joey Bosa stuff or is it, it's Joey, right? Or Nick, which one plays for them? Joey, right? Joey, Joey, yeah. Bosa, plays Joey Bosa bitching in the locker room after the game about the refs. Oh my God. First of all, he was the reason they lost that game because he, he wasn't even on the field on the last drive. I know. Well, he slammed his helmet and got the penalty and that like put them into position. But uh, also, you had four interceptions, and you still and you were up by twenty seven, and you still couldn't win the game. Like, at what point are you blaming the refs? Yeah. And like, it was the stupidest interview I've ever seen. He's like, "Oh, you know that you know we lose the playoff game and we're pissed." He's like, "Those refs are probably in there." Like, "Huh, got that asshole." It's like, I would bet my life that the NFL referees are not in their changing room going. Nice job. You got that asshole Bosa on that holding call or whatever. I bet my life that conversation has never happened. Never yeah. did happen. Never will happen. Like, what do you think the NFL is? Is that just your, like, false skewed sense of, you know, what you think the NFL experience is like? Dude, you blew a 27-point lead. Fucking go back to L.A. You know, like, go back to the training facility. Figure your shit out. Get a coach that actually knows what the fuck he's doing. Don't give up 31 straight points when you're up by 27. Like, it, it, it's that simple, you know? <laughs> to hear him in the locker, like, any good leader, and yeah, Joey Bosa should be considered a leader. In my opinion, any good leader, I, I think about Josh Allen, and we did talk about this on our last podcast, the random show. I said that I think that Josh Allen's a great leader because you always hear him in the media saying, oh, yeah, 
I have to be better. You know, X, Y, Z, we all have to do this. I, that's on me. Even like stuff when he's asking about that, they ask him about the defense. He's like, I've got to, you know, as a captain or as a leader of this team, I have to be better, you know? And then you look at Joey Bosa, who is like far and away your most notable defensive player. And he's a good player. Um, and I'm sure he's, you know, he's been in the league for quite some time now. I'm sure that people look to him as somewhat of a leader, at least if not like the defensive leader. Um, and he's in the locker room after you give up a 27, nothing lead, just bitching about the refs saying, oh, it's, it's a shame that the refs blew that for us. Yeah. Like not taking accountability, not taking responsibility. Like that's also such a shitty way to go about blowing a lead because it's like you, you're putting this idea in your head that you deserved it and that it was right. taken away from you by, you know, it's out of your control when it's like you were up 27, nothing. And then you gave up X amount of points and lost the game like that just rubbed me the wrong way. It pissed me off. Like I'm an anti Joey Bosa guy now, but it's definitely not on the refs. I'll tell you that it's not. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's just like, I, I don't understand what he thinks he's going to accomplish with that. Like it's not because the thing is too, like, I don't know. It's not like there were calls where people were talking about it after the game where it's like, Oh, that changes the course of the game. Like it'd be different if it was like close late and then you know there was a call or something right that right. cost something where but that like didn't make sense right like i don't i didn't see anyone talking about a call that didn't make sense it's not like in the bengals ravens game on the fumble recovery touchdown where people were questioning whether or not there was a block in the back when andrews was trying to chase down um was it hubbard that had the ball or howard something like that i don't know what his name is Sure. <laughs> whatever it was right like people were you know questioning whether or not that's a block in the back and then there were nfl experts that were like you can't make that call there because it's borderline and if it's borderline they're not going to call a block in the back um and so it was like like that's a play that like you could actually talk about actually had an impact on who won the game right whereas like the, i don't think there was a clear call that anyone was talking about for the jags game it's just y'all fucked up Right. Yeah. I don't even know if there was one specific. I, I, I don't know that he's complaining about the, I, the pretty sure it was like an unsportsmanlike he got right. Cause like he slammed his helmet on the field and yeah, like, but if didn't you it like almost your helmet, like that's on you, you know, like, right. That's on you. But like, he was like, they shouldn't have called me for that. Or if it, that's what, I don't know if there was a call that he was pissed about. He didn't really say, I was just reading the comments and a lot of people were like, yeah, you know, the Chargers, maybe there were some blown calls, but he was like, the Jags receivers were also getting interfered with all game by the DBs and there were no calls. So it's like, goes both ways. Like, you, you both have the same refs. You just got to play through it, you know? Right. It just, it pissed me off. I don't know. But hey, that was a hell of a comeback. Um, and not much more to say about it because, yeah, if, if this was like a, a team that actually had a chance to go to the Super Bowl, it'd be like, oh, it's going to set the stage for a big playoff run but it's like i just i just think they're gonna get rolled by kansas city they might keep like the first half close yeah it might be similar to like brown's chiefs a couple years ago when the browns like almost won and then when it was apparent yeah, the that they weren't going to won that fucking no game. they should that have won that game out yeah, and the touchback to rule. The touchdown but like it's gonna be one of those things where it's like you know they keep it close in the first half and people are like oh shit you know the jaguars are that team um and and then they blow it i will say there's always a team every year that goes on a little bit of like an underdog run um 
We've seen it with the Bengals last year. Like nobody expected the Bengals to make it to the Super Bowl. Um, year before, wasn't there another team? There's always one team like in the AFC Championship. It was, it was the Jaguars a couple of years ago when they had to play us in the um, AFC Championship. Texans, like teams like that. There is always one team every year that you don't expect to go on a little mini playoff runs. So, like, I don't know, maybe it's them. Maybe they can upset the Chiefs. I think the Giants have a better shot at being that team. Um, like I think they might have a chance to beat Philadelphia if the cards are, <laughs> if they play their it, cards, man. right? I don't see it either, but I'm just, you know, maybe, maybe it isn't a year where we have a team like that, but if it is, it's, it's between one of those two teams. The only team that I foresee beating teams that I don't expect them to be and winning a Super Bowl is the Cowboys. And even yeah. that is like, it's not like. It's not like a big upset, you know, they're a fucking 12 win team. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's not a huge upset. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we won't have that this year, but I feel like every year we do. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I mean, I yeah, know. it's, it's not, I, I do not believe that this Jaguars team has any shot of going anywhere. I think yeah. they, they did a good job getting themselves one win in the playoffs and it's a good, you know, launch point for Trevor Lawrence's career. And, you know, maybe it makes them a little bit more desirable of a destination and they can bring in some talent around them. Agreed. Yeah, it's definitely it's a benchmark win for the franchise. Um, and I was happy seeing like you know the owner down in the field and yeah, dude, that was yeah. awesome. I loved that. Like that yeah. shows me like that's a guy that like the players have got to like, like I, I I would imagine if you're a player, you love that, right? Like he's oh, so yeah. happy that like you guys just see it and he's celebrating with you and like after all you know, the years of them being like horrible right. too, and right. even this year they were bad. You know, to start yeah. the season, and then they went on a run. Like, yeah, they got a they got a playoff win. That's awesome. Like, they deserved it the way they played that second half. Um. So yeah, Jags thirty one, Chargers thirty. Jags are moving on to Kansas City. We got four games left. We'll go like semi quick through the ones that we don't really need to talk about. Um, I have to be somewhere at five, so we'll run through these quickly, and then we'll talk about Brady. Um, Bills Dolphins closer game than i think everybody expected yeah closer than it should have been as well closer than it should have been yeah and i i watched i got the chance to watch that game 34 31 i am gonna put this out there this is gonna be a very unpopular opinion i don't think the bills are the team to go to the super bowl yeah i'm not after that i'm not sold on them either and i know that with everything that happened with damar hamlin and like you know that game they had against the pats the next week and like They've been working and working and working at, you know, being that team for so long. Like they've been right there on the doorstep, like AFC championship, AFC divisional. You know, they were one of the best teams in football for a long while this season. I don't think that this is the storybook ending that everyone thinks it's going to be. You know, they're going to and I don't want to like throw shade on the situation, but, you know, I think everybody thinks that the DeMar Hamlin thing is going to lift them to the Super Bowl and it's going to be like this Disney movie. They're going to win it for him. But man, the way they played against Miami, sloppy. Josh Josh Allen in the red zone is a fucking problem. Yeah, he, I mean, it, well, he like leads crazy. the league in red zone turnovers, and he's yeah. considered one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He, they got to fix their shit if they want to make it to the Super Bowl. Well, they need they need a big game from Stephon Diggs. the The better Stephon Diggs plays, the better chance that team is going to have of winning. And obviously, it's tough, right? Because it's you know who else do they have to throw to? So he's going to be double covered 90% of the time um, because defenses can afford to double cover digs because they don't really have to worry about anyone else. Um, yeah. But I mean, at the same time, like you look at a Bengals team that didn't play too hot either. And you're like, who the, like, 
that game is really intriguing to me, right? Because it's going to be a like, weird game. You have a just Bills because of the circumstances. Who like preseason was the favorite because the Chiefs lost Tyreek Hill. When I say lost, they gave him up, right? They trade him. And then you have a Bengals team who like, you know, played pretty well towards the end of the year, had a tough start, but, you know, put it together. But then they play really bad against a Ravens team that like, to be honest with you, if Lamar Jackson's there, I don't think they they win that game. You don't think the Bengals win? No, because to, to me, like, I don't think that Tyler Huntley made any plays that Lamar wouldn't also make. And Lamar is a better runner. Like Lamar doesn't fumble the ball at the goal. Right. Line. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. So I don't think I, I like I when J.K. Dobbins had that thing where he like went off on the coaches and said, if we had Lamar, we win that game. I I think he's right. I think if Lamar Jackson starts at quarterback for the Ravens in that game, they win and they win handily. Like, I think that that could have borderline mirrored the score of the 49ers game. They might have dropped 40 on that Bengals team the way they played. Maybe. I guess we'll never know. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) obviously, I mean, and that's one of the big question marks, right? Like, speaking of quarterback, speaking of Brady, like, Lamar's up in the air. Like, we don't. Oh, I, oh, I, A, I couldn't give less of a fuck about Lamar Jackson, but B, he will not play for the Baltimore Ravens ever again. I guarantee it. Well, so, but here's the thing, right? Like, they can franchise tag him and he won't have a choice. Yeah, but then he, oh, he'd like see like retire and like fucking unretire somewhere. Like I don't, I I am so anti Lamar Jackson. I want to talk about that too once we well aware of this. Once we get to oh, I know, and he was my fantasy quarterback this year. He fucking screwed me over. Played like five games and checked out. Like (laughs) thanks a lot for coming. I'm I'm interested to see how he uh, you know handles this off season because obviously there was a lot of talk of him. Wanting bigger money than Deshaun Watson and uh, the way the season played out. I don't know if he's still going to garner that level of, uh, you know, that level of uh, interest. You know, I think I, no, he shouldn't. I could foresee him signing a shorter term deal for a year on a prove it and like still get paid a good, you know, yearly salary. But yeah, he didn't you know, prove anything he, this year. Yeah. So. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you're looking at a guy that's coming off a knee injury and like, like, do I blame him for not playing? No. I think RG3 had a good point. Oh, so this like, is where you and I are going to disagree. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I think the look, point I, that I, RG3 was making wasn't relevant to the situation. I agree. Yeah, I mean, that RG3's you like, injury was injuries. I, his his knee was in far worse from what we know of Lamar's knee. RG3's was in much worse shape than what Lamar's is in right now. Here's my here's my thing with the Robert Griffin the third. First of all, I think I see RG3 tweet about like fucking every issue now. It's like no one gives a fuck what you think. But secondly, did you see Michael Vick respond? No, I did not see. Okay, so I love this. So I saw RG3's tweet like, this is what happened to me. And this is like Lamar's making a right decision. You will never be able to to win an argument with me using the he needs to get paid to put food on the table thing. Lamar Jackson has already made more money than I'll ever make my fucking life, you know, and I'm going to be able to put food on the table. That's not the issue here. And Lamar knows that's not the issue, too. 
like the argument that you could have made with me was more what RG3 was saying minus the whole like he's got to get or like at least what the reaction was like oh he's got to get paid like if he ruins his knee his career is going to be over I agree that he could ruin his football playing career and potentially you know fuck his knee up forever if if he plays on a knee like that and it's not if he's not a hundred percent I'll agree with that you know 11 times out of 10 and I don't think that RG3 was wrong to say that but I, my issue actually wasn't with him not playing. It was the fact that the game was in Cincinnati and he wasn't fucking there. Yeah, that bothered me. I didn't Why know. are you not with... Okay, if you can't play, fine. You don't want to play on your knee. Okay, why the fuck are you not with your team yeah, in, which, in Cincinnati at a playoff game? Right, which to me, combined with what Dobbins said, suggests there's something else going on. I think that... Lamar's done with the Ravens and is going to hold out yeah. for money. And, yeah, and like I, mean, I saw Michael Vick responded and said, you know, you're three games away from the Super Bowl and you're not going to play. Like, I, I think there's some truth, not some truth, but like I take some of what he's saying. Yes. And some no. Again, if you have like a serious injury, regardless of what time of the year it is or how far away you are from the Super Bowl, like that, that I don't think that it should just be like, well, I've got two torn ACLs and a, and a grade five concussion, but we're one game away from the Super Bowl, so I'm going to play. Like, I don't agree with that at all. Like, I think if you're too heartened, you're going to jeopardize your career, then like, don't play. But I also agree with you're three games away from the Super Bowl and you're the leader of this team and you're not with your team. Like, what the fuck? You know, right. That's yeah, where Lamar it's... lost me. And that's that was more my issue than yeah. like him choosing not to play. It was like, Okay, why don't we see him on the sidelines with a clipboard and a headset in a tracksuit, like, you know, helping his guys? Like, I think about Josh Allen when he went down, Dak Prescott when he went down, Mac Jones when he went down. All of these guys, when they went down with injuries, were on the sidelines with their teams, coaching the backup quarterback, trying to do anything they could to help their team win a game. And that wasn't even postseason. You come to postseason, Lamar Jackson should be on the sideline with his team yeah. doing everything he can to contribute because he's not contributing on the field. So, like, you'd assume that the leader of the team in that position is going to contribute off the field. It seemed to me like a big fuck you to the Ravens, to be right. honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting situation that obviously, like, there's information that we don't know you know, from the outside looking in. And so I, that's why I just, I think that there was something between him and the coaches or him and the front office. And he's like, I'm not doing anything to help this team win. Like I bet yeah. I'm because that's the thing is like, you don't hear any of the players complaining about it. To me, if you had a star player who is a leader of the team, like Lamar is right. And what he was doing was hurting the team in a way that was not in a proper self-preservation manner where it was just like fully selfish. I think you would hear players complaining, but yeah, you don't hear anything from insiders saying that the players don't like what Lamar's doing. Dobbins went out of his way to be like the coaches messed up. And if we had Lamar, we would have won this game. Like yeah. I, there's something else that we don't know right now that to me makes the whole thing fishy like sure, if the story yeah. is just he's not feeling great physically and it's it's a bad enough injury that like one wrong cut and not even like a significant cut is going to make it a surgical repair then like yeah shouldn't play but if that's the whole story like he should be on the sideline but if it's not the whole story which i think it's not the whole story 
Oh, I don't think it's the whole story either, but I think regardless, like he should have been there. Yeah. Um, again, like if you love your guy, like he put out like a a statement and everything. Right. And he said, like, I just can't give a hundred percent to my guys. It's like, okay, but you know, say that you could have given 75 on the field, but you're not going to play that other 25 should be you at the game. You should be you flying to Cincinnati with the team and being at the game. So that's where it's like, I think he's full of shit regardless. And I'm sure that there's, you know, it's probably beef with contract negotiations. They, this, this or that, whatever. Um, Look, the Ravens are probably better off without him. I'm just going to be honest. I think they are <laughs> long term. I think they are. I think they're better off without him long term. Honestly, this team has pieces to be the Baltimore Ravens that we once knew in the mid 2010s. Uh, and Lamar Jackson is not their, you know, savior at the end of the day. I think they'll be fine without it him. It certainly doesn't feel like it's working out between the two. That's for sure. How many playoff wins? Exactly. Right. <laughs> All right. Speaking speaking of playoff wins, talk about a guy who's won more playoff games than I think any other player's ever been in. So uh Tom Brady obviously losing last night. Um I we got an interesting little, you know, no one knows exactly what he's gonna do, but I think it'll be interesting for us to go through kind of three picks. And I guess you could technically use one team for more than one, but we'll run through where we think he should go, where you think he will go, which includes retirement. You can say you think he will retire as where you think he will go and your oddball slash like weird team that like nobody thinks will actually happen. You don't necessarily think would be actually happen, but it'd be really interesting to see it if it did happen. Yeah. Um, I'll start with my should. I think he should go to the Niners. I, I think if that spot's open, you have they, they want to get rid of Jimmy G. If it, you know, I don't know how they're going to feel about Brock Purdy as a future option right now. It seems like they can just throw him in as the starter and it'll sustain it. But, you know, who knows? Right. Who knows what's going to happen in the next two, three weeks leading into the Super Bowl and the end of the mm-hmm. postseason. Right. So. You know, who knows about that? And then Trey Lance is going to be out for a significant portion of time, right? And he's going to need time to come back. And who better to bring in to kind of mentor the future quarterback than Tom Brady, right? So I think that kind of works for both sides, especially we already talked about the talent, right? That San Francisco boasts offensively. So I think it works really well for Brady. Um, I'm not sure that it will happen. I think it's something that he should pursue. I think it would work really well for him. Um. I don't what, what's your uh what do you think about where where should he go? My should is the Raiders. Okay. Um, and I think that the only reason I think everything you said is right for the 49ers. For him, I think that he probably has a better shot at doing what he wants to do in Vegas rather than in a crowded quarterback room in San Francisco. Um, I also, if they're keen on keeping Jimmy G, which I'm not sure they are, they said that they, there's reports that they would be open to keeping him, you know, barring, you know, something major happening. Um, I don't know how great the relationship between the two of them is. We still don't know how everything unfolded in New England. We'll probably never know, but I think that Jimmy Garoppolo and his emergence in New England was a problem for Tom Brady. And I think that he might you know kind of foresee walking into a similar situation there if Jimmy G's still there if Trey Lance is still there if Brock Purdy's still there I think Tom Brady's a guy who doesn't like any competition I think he could be 70 years old 
playing football and still not want like a 25 year old who's more talented to, you know, be competing for the job. I think he thinks he, he has any job he can get. Um, and I don't know that personally for him, San Francisco would be like, you know, the best place to go. I think for the 49ers, it'd be perfect because you would have, like you said, the veteran quarterback who's the greatest of all time to come in and like work with these younger guys for the future. But like, what is Brady getting out of that? Probably nothing, you know? Um, I think you got Josh McDaniels in Vegas, who we know they've worked well together in the past. That team has a lot of pieces to be really good. And I think coming into the season, we weren't like, oh, Derek Carr's the problem. And even at the end of the season, I still wasn't saying, oh, Derek Carr's the problem. I actually think McDaniels as the head coach is the problem. But it's clear that Vegas has identified Derek Carr as the problem. So they now have an opening at the quarterback position. And um, I think that it would be, it would be in Tom Brady's best interest if he's keen on leaving Tampa Bay to go to Vegas. You reunite with McDaniels. You could do something really special there. You've got Devontae Adams. You've got Hunter Renfro. Like for Tom Brady, a small white wide receiver is like a godsend. Um, And, you know, maybe you can get Josh Jacobs back and that he could play like the role of James White or Deion Lewis. I see like shades of the Patriots offense over in Vegas. I, I agree. The the Raiders offense is the discount Randy Moss offense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like that's that's basically what it is. And so that's why the Raiders are my where he will go to. I think he will go to the Raiders. I think he's got the Josh McDaniels connection. I think they bring back Josh Jacobs. Um I thought it was weird that they didn't exercise the fifth year option before the season started. And after the season he had, they're gonna want him back. So It'll be really interesting to see what Josh Jacobs does. Um, if they can lure Jacobs back and bring in Brady, that's a team that would I mean, obviously you bring in Brady, you're gonna be a Super Bowl favorite, but like that's a team that like I think could go toe-to-toe with just about any team in the NFL. Um, so yeah, they're my that's where I think he will go. I I and I'd be really interested to see that happen as well. I've got like three where he will goes and and one is a there's only true one he'll go. Um, It's the Raiders again for where my where he should be going. I think that if he's going to leave, it will be the Raiders. I don't think that he's going to go play for the Colts or the Packers, the Patriots or the Niners. I genuinely think it's going to be the Raiders. The only situation I can see for like San Francisco is like that was his hometown team growing up as a kid. Right. Like if he wants a little reunion, uh, you know, out in San Francisco, maybe he'll sign a contract there. Maybe if he's gonna, you know, uh, when it's all said and done and he wants to retire, maybe he retires a Patriot, you know, maybe he retires a buck who knows um, and does like a little 10 day contract bullshit there. Um, But I think that if he goes anywhere, it's going to be Vegas. My other two options, and I'm cheating, but no, who cares, um, is that he'll retire. And I genuinely think that that's a strong possibility. He may be done. You know, this this to me was kind of like a test the waters season for him where he retired and then came out of retirement in like a week and like a lot of shit was coming out about his personal life. And then the divorce happens. And then, he, you know, everyone was saying he's going to be all this is going to be a revenge tour for him. Like he might have an MVP season after the divorce. And they really, that Bucks team was horrible. Um, and this was my rationale for picking against them last night, which I told you was like, they they didn't ever show me signs of life. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, including Tom Brady. I think it was just a really 
mediocre middle of the pack season for them. He honestly may look at the current state of the NFL and hopefully this is what I think he, he should do is come to his senses and say, I don't think I have a place in this league anymore. And I know that new England fans and Tom Brady stands alike will like come down my throat for saying that, but um, sorry, not come down, but come at my head, whatever. <laughs> oh man, that was bad. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> The best part about that is I would I don't know if I would have picked up on it, but somebody just sent me the goddamn oh, Antonio Brown Snapchat post from earlier today. Jeez. Oh, Let me rephrase God. that. I know that all the Tom Brady come for your throat. Come for my throat, thank you. Or come at me. What I think they're gonna be pissed at me for saying that. That there's no place in the league for Tom Brady anymore. But I genuinely don't think there is. I think every team for the most part has their guy. And if they don't, they have an idea of who their guy is gonna be in the next three to five seasons. And Except Tom Brady's not in Patriots, bro. No, but even that, even that, I still think that the Pats are keen on Mac Jones, even though I don't think that he's the guy. I think they think he is. And if he's not, then it should be Bailey Zappi. Um, but I don't think that Brady's on the radar. You know, like for any team, I don't yeah. think it's like he's our number one free agent target. And I think he did himself a disservice in terms of like his value by playing this year. He might honestly recognize that and call it quits. He's got that broadcasting deal with Fox as soon as he retires. Um, to the best of our knowledge, he's not in a relationship. Um, so he may, he may want to stay around the game, maybe go to coach somewhere, maybe, you know, do the Fox broadcast thing, maybe a little of this, a little of that. Patriots but, have an offensive coordinator position open. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think that it, it, it is this pretty strong possibility that he may call it quits. And then the third one would be just stay in Tampa Bay for like one or two more mediocre seasons and then go out on the very bottom. But yeah. I don't know. More likely than not, I think he'll probably leave Tampa Bay, whether that's retire or um, or go to Vegas. So my oddball pick, the one that's like totally out there and it just be like it's not going to happen. There's zero chance of it happening, but it'd be really weird and really funny to watch for a full NFL season. Um, I'm going to go with the uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, it's cold obviously, and he's been playing in warm weather, and I don't think he wants to play in the cold weather anymore, but they have a dome. And I think that they're done with Kirk Cousins. So why not replace Kirk Cousins with Tom Brady? That's not a horrible, like, wish list pick. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like, it's it's like a weird one that, like, I'd be really entertained to see happen. Like, it's not going to happen, but it'd be funny. Yeah. Um... I mean, I have a lot of like these. I think one of my one of my main ones would maybe be Packers because I think yeah. Aaron Rodgers is leaving Green Bay. Um, and, I like the Packers. So you know, maybe Brady wants to do like the historic kind of play in Lambeau. They've got some pieces on that team. Those rookie wide receivers are good. I mean, Lazard is apparently done. Um, is he really? There. He came out and said he'll he won't play for the Packers again. Um, so I missed that one. I don't know why there was like, I guess there was some beef. I don't know. I think it's clear. I think that team might get semi dismantled if Aaron Rodgers leaves, which it, I mean, I think he's gonna, um, he might retire, 
that might be someone who's a candidate for um, retiring. And if not, I could see him going to Vegas to hook back up with Devontae Adams. Yeah. Um, Because those guys clearly didn't do anything special apart. Um, So maybe they'll do like one last, you know, last dance kind of thing together in Vegas. But um, yeah, that's like my super wild one is like Brady fills the void of Aaron Rodgers and like proves that he's better than Rodgers by going to the Packers and like leading them to a Super Bowl, bringing all his cronies over there. Like Gronk comes out of retirement, like Mike Evans goes to, you know, the basically just reinvent the best players he's ever played with in Green Bay. Um, but I doubt that that'll happen. Chad Ochocinco is like, or Terrell Owens, aren't they both talking about like coming back to the NFL? <laughs> T.O. is. T.O. is, yeah. Ocho Senko was, I'm thinking about the World Cup when he said he's still like as fast as anybody anybody who plays sports, which he is. He ran 25 miles an hour on a treadmill. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's my wild one. Um, okay, I've got like five minutes, so it's rapid fire. This isn't official pick but just get a first pulse on these games coming up this weekend. Jags, Chiefs. Chiefs, by a million. Chiefs. Take them, what, what's the spread? No idea. Probably like half. 14. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say 14. Uh, I, I'd, I'd take them in. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd, I would take them by two scores probably. Uh, Giants-Eagles. This one I think is going to be closer than a lot of people expected to be. Giants could pull off the upset. They could. If any team were to get upset this week, I feel like it may be the Eagles, but I'm still going to pick the Eagles. I also will be picking the Eagles. and I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I wouldn't be comfortable taking giant spread just because I feel like the Eagles are the type of team to fuck around and keep it close. Yeah. Like, I don't think that they'll be trailing unless they give the Giants the ball first and the Giants somehow score. Um, but like, I would never, I would never pick the Giants. Even if I thought there was a shred of hope that they could win this game, I just, I'm never going to pick Daniel Jones to win. I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to pick the Giants, but like, I'm keeping my eye on it just because I do think the Eagles are a little overrated coming into the postseason. And I think this, this game might be a test for them. Yeah. Um, of course I said they'll probably win by like three. I don't mind the over in that game. It's set at 48 right now. I think it could be high scoring. Might be a little bit of a shootout. Um, all right. Bengals bills, probably going to be the game of the week. This would be the biggest upset thing that I would view. Cause like I'm, the Bengals right over now, the right now I'm leaning Bengals. I am as well, but that might change as the week goes on. And as I, as I actually sit down to make my official pick, but my gut tells me Bengals right here. This uh, is the I'm, game that we never got to see. And the Bengals granted, it was like five minutes into the game. They looked better. Yeah, I'm probably taking them spread. Oh, I oh I definitely would. I think this is going to be like a one right or two. Now. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I see this like less than a field goal between these two teams. Yeah. Could be like an overtime game too. This this is one that I look at ahead of time and I'm like Bengals could be you know on the beneficiary side of an overtime win here. Yeah. So initial thought is Bengals, but I guess as the week progresses, we'll see. And then Cowboys Niners is going to be the second game of the week. And the fact that we get both of those on Sunday, that is an unbelievable slate. That's going to be a good game. I'm going Niners. Like I said, I'm not going to bet against the Niners. They haven't given me any reason to, but Cowboys looked pretty good last night. I think, again, this will be another close game. Um, They potentially could pull off the upset to the Cowboys, but I feel like, you know, 
the running thing with them was like they didn't they couldn't get out of the first round um for the past few seasons that they've made the playoffs like this might be a letdown spot for them after a a route of a victory last night against right. the the Bucks and Tom Brady. This could be a letdown spot for them. So I'll I'll lean Niners. Perfect. So that's all we've got for episode 118. Kind of rushed at the end a little bit, but I do have to run. Um we'll be back soon though. We'll recap all the divisional games coming up this week. Um follow us on TikTok, Mad Famous on there now, uh Instagram, all of that. And yeah, anything else? No. All right, cool. We'll see you boys next time. And it will not be as long as it was this past time. And where are we going to see them? I'll see them on the flippity flip side. Have a good week, everybody.